With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. January is over. February is here. Celebrating Black History Month, paying respect to black excellence right now on the hottest show on the streets, number one form for Crimson Tide football. News, notes, and information that being in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown. Alabama Magazine. Happy to have everybody tuned in to the show on a Monday, starting your work week off correctly as we're live from the magic city of Birmingham, streaming to you the show via YouTube. Speaking of the channel, go ahead right now, give a thumbs up, drop a like on the show right now, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best in news, notes, and alerts here on your Crimson Tide. Not only are we streaming you the show through the YouTube channel, we also got you covered on Facebook and Twitter as well. All forms of social media taking care of you where the hottest show in the streets is concerned. We're presented to you are brought to you by WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. That is WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and copy that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, showing that support for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, and the student-athletes in its tradition of owning and or dominating the fourth quarter. WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. Got a lot to get into. Got a lot to dissect today. No guests, just me. As always, the daily Super Chat goal. $75 Super Chats, the daily goal. And it's already been done by Jimmy the Batman Clay. Already starting this off hot with him donating at $75 via the Super Chat. Showing us that love. Dropping that flavor in the TDA hat. Gotta have the love there for the man Jimmy Clay doing his thing every single time appreciating him but everybody else can donate as well here definitely appreciate your support your passion your love for what we do here at touchdown alabama magazine and that being breaking down crimson top football got a lot of hot topics to get to got my man john ivory in the production studio doing his thing as he does each and every time we're able to do this show and we want to hear from you today the tide fans 205-448-1358 the number two call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Definitely want to hear from you. In terms of our question of the day, our conversation of the day, this goes to, uh, this, the, the conversation of the day, this goes to, there was a leaked video there was a leaked video that happened on last week, and it was, you know, Coach Saban and a young recruit were talking on Zoom, and Coach Saban was spitting out his recruiting pitch there on the virtual app, and uh, the recruit recorded 
Nick Saban's uh, recruitment pitch. He leaked it out there on social media. And there was, there's been a lot of stir because of this. Some people upset by it. Some people don't really care too much for it. A lot of former players were disgusted by it. So the question of the day for U.S. Bama fans, was the recruit right in what he did? Was he wrong for what he did? Do you feel indifferent about that? I want to get your thoughts based on the video that was leaked last week by the recruit in a conversation with Coach Saban. Was he right for what he did? Was he wrong for what this person did? Do you feel indifferent by that? Question of the day, conversation of the day. Definitely want to get your thoughts on that in the first call segment. But before we jump to topic number one of the conversation, got a little bit of an update here. We at Touchdown Alabama Magazine will be paying homage, paying respect to black excellence all month long as it is Black History Month. And the first player we look at is John Mitchell Jr. John Mitchell Jr. who was the first black athlete to not only earn a athletic scholarship to play at the University of Alabama, but Mitchell played, was the first black player to play for the Crimson Tide football program under one Paul Bear Bryant. Mitchell played from 1971 to 72, came over from junior college out of East Arizona. This young man was 20, this man this young man was 21 and 3 as a player playing on the defensive line. He was the first African-American to be named a co-captain in his senior year in 1972, a two-time SEC champion, a two-time All-SEC selection, an All-American in 1972, and a guy that even though you know his NFL career didn't pan out the way he would have liked to, he came back to Alabama in 73, in, in his quest to pursue law school, he was given an opportunity to be a full-time coach on Paul Bryant's staff. And from 1973 to 76, Mitchell became the first black assistant head coach, won a national championship in 73, three SEC titles, 73, 74, and 75. He was instrumental in recruiting a lot of the major black players to Alabama, including one Ozzie Newsome, and then being the head coach of Bama, opened him up to so many other coaching venues, including the Pittsburgh Steelers, where he became a two-time Super Bowl champion 2005 and 2008. If not for John Mitchell Jr., a lot of these other names that we have grown to love and respect and revere would have not gotten an opportunity. So he broke the color barrier twice as a player and as a coach. Big respect. Big kudos, big honors there to one John Mitchell Jr. as we're paying this excellence here to the African-American culture, Black History Month, where the Crimson Tide is concerned. But now we jump into the first topic here of conversation on tonight's show, and we look at spring football is going to bring to us some very intriguing positional battles. And one of those positional battles will take place at middle linebacker, Alabama graduating Dylan Moses to the NFL draft after four seasons with the Tide. The question is, who replaces Moses at that Mike linebacker position, that middle linebacker spot, the captain of a defense, calling the defensive plays, schemes, formations here? Who takes over? Who replaces one Dylan Moses? And 
for Dylan, though he did not have the big money year that so many people expected him to have, he did turn in 80 tackles a season ago, six and a half of those for loss, one and a half sacks, three pass breakups, one forced fumble, and one interception. He was also a two-time national champion for the Crimson Tide in this past season. He was named first-team All-SEC. But even though he did not have the big money year that a lot of us envisioned him having, he was able to be productive nonetheless. But the question is, who replaces him at that middle Mike linebacker position. And Alabama's got a few suitors here that can take over that spot. First and foremost, you look at Christian Harris. Christian Harris, who's coming into his junior year out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The money year coming up here for one Christian Harris at 6'2", 232 pounds. And he is in a very, uh, he's in a very familiar situation, right? Because before, because before these guys went to the pros, and I'm referring to the likes of C.J. Mosley, Reuben Foster, Rashawn Evans, Mac Wilson. All of these guys started off as weak side linebackers before making the move to the middle, to the Mike linebacker role, to the defensive captain, the defensive play calling role in terms of being a player on the field. So Christian Harris comes in a very strong lineage of guys that started off as wheel linebackers, but look to be a Mike, a middle guy, a play caller, if you will. Harris this past season, 79 tackles on the year, had 52 solo stops, which was tied for the team, which was the team high, 52 solo stops, seven tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, two, two pass breakups, six quarterback hurries, and one interception. Those were the numbers there on one Christian Harris. An intriguing name that a lot of people wonder could Alabama pull this guy is Henry Toa Toa, who played for the University of Tennessee. He was targeted in the Crimson Tide's 2019 recruiting cycle, but chose to go to the Volunteers. Toa Toa, in his two seasons for Tennessee, 23 games, here's a young man that's got 148 career tackles, 76 of those coming in the 2020 season. 15 tackles for loss, so he makes plays in the backfield. One and a half sacks, four pass breakups, five quarterback hurries, one interception. And in the chaos that is going on at Rocky Top right now, where the NCAA recruiting violations are concerned, Toa Toa entered his name into the transfer portal. Now, if Coach Saban is able to go out up there, is, is, if Coach Saban is able to go into the portal and get him out of there, convince him, persuade him to, to commit and be a part of the Crimson Tide, then you're pretty much set in stone there at middle linebacker due to the experience Toa Toa has, the leadership he would bring, the physicality he would bring at 6'2", 225 pounds, his ability to dissect plays, fit the gap, make the calls on the field, but also be incredibly productive on the field. But that's if, in the event, Alabama was able to go out there and get a Henry Toa Toa out of the portal. So you have Christian Harris here, and you have Henry Toa Toa if you could get him. But if Alabama could not get Toa Toa, and if you don't feel comfortable just yet with Harris anchoring the Mike linebacker position, here are some other options here 
for that spot to replace one Dylan Moses. A name coming up here. How about Jalen Moody? Jalen Moody, to me, stepped up big time this past season. Coming into his senior year at 6'2", 225 pounds out of Conway, South Carolina. To me, he was underrated in the 2018 recruiting cycle. Was given a three-star grade. He played like a four-star this past season. 18 tackles. Shared a tackle for loss, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. And when Christian Harris got hurt against Arkansas, Moody came in and it was like Alabama didn't miss a beat. Moody came in replacing Harris, seven tackles against Arkansas, one of the team leaders, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a tackle, a half a tackle for loss. Moody was all over the field, read his gaps, read his keys, did his homework, played stomp down good football. Jalen Moody is somebody to me that can come in here and really take over for one Dylan Moses. He has the eye discipline, he good good footwork, good quickness, has that thumping ability. Really like Jalen Moody. Another name is Shane Lee. And here is somebody of whom last season pales in comparison to his All-SEC and his freshman All-America campaign in 2019. Last season, Lee just played in five games, had three, had three tackles, as opposed to the 2019 season where he had 86 tackles, six and a half of those for loss, four and a half sacks, three pass breakups, well, three quarterback hurries, excuse me, two forced fumbles and one interception. Shane Lee was all over the field in the 2019 season. Put up some big numbers there. Now, of course, the issues were... You know, the lateral quickness wasn't quite there. The footwork wasn't all there. You know, his ability to flip his hips, that was not there. There were some, some areas of his game that needed improvement, but, you know, experience does count for something. And Shane Lee did have experience coming – he didn't have experience from that 2019 season. The question will be is how much has he improved? How much has he gotten better? How much has he taken those next steps to be somebody that can, that can handle that Mike linebacker position, that Shane Lee? In terms of maybe, you know, other guys that could snatch that position, we have two freshmen here. And both of these two freshmen – Garner comparisons to one C.J. Mosley. And I'm referring to Des Moines Kennedy and Deontay Lawson. And both of those two are big-time potential playmakers. Des Moines Kennedy hails from C.J. Mosley's stomping grounds, Theodore High School in the Mobile area, 6'3", 215 pounds. His head coach, or his former high school coach, Ed, uh, Eric Collier, who was the defensive coordinator, at Theodore doing Mosley's time there. Collier referred to Kennedy as the hardest working young man he's ever coached. And Kennedy, during his senior year at Theodore, 69 tackles, eight of those for loss, two pass breakups, and one interception. He's got a lot of ability, a lot of talent, a lot of ability. How much has he learned from his freshman year as he'll be a redshirt freshman in the fall? Is he ready to take on that mantle? Is he ready to make that jump? Is he ready to make that move? And then when you look at Deontay Lawson, it's 6'3", 225 pounds from Mobile Christian School. This kid is C.J. Mosley in terms of speed, lateral quickness, football intelligence, gap assignments, coverage skills. This guy's tape, when you watch this guy's tape, 
He hits the gap. He follows assignments. He reads his keys. He can stop the run. He can pressure the quarterback. He can even sink back in coverage and play the passing lanes. Deontay Lawson is no joke. But these are just some guys that can potentially, you know, replace one Dylan Moses. And who would be the guy, in your opinion, fans, that has earned the right, or who would you like to see replace Moses at that Mike linebacker position? But we take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. Just getting started. Upon our return, we go on the phone lines to entertain your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your chats, your ideas, talking Crimson Tide football right after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Wit Will Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WitWillSports.com. Title towels. Remember the taste of each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit emilyshirloompoundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at emilyshirloompoundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. We're back into the action here, folks, on a Monday, getting your work week started correctly on the hottest show on the streets, number one form for Bama football news in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, starting that Black History Month off right as it is the month of February. And before we get into the phone lines to take your calls, call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. How about Jimmy Clay one more time? $25 via Super Chats from Jimmy Clay. He didn't drop in $100 via Super Chats, helping us out here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate that love and that, that love and that passion coming from our man, Jimmy Clay. But we're getting the phone lines right now, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. And we start things off with, with my man, Wayland. Wayland, what's going on, man? You're in the show. In the show, prime time, Monday night. There's no Monday night football. And I think I told uh, – Willie, now he's gonna have to march on here. Willie's the next next man in command. Now he's gonna be the new president. I've got a lot I've got to do, and a lot of us here started this uh, podcast. And you know, way back uh, in 2019, when we saw a lot of troubles, but he stuck in there with us. So I'm gonna step down here. Let Willie do this. He'll be the new president of the TDA chat, and let no, him handle wait, the way no. he well, I think that's going to be all right with you and John. I got a lot going on and a lot of things to do. 
I'm just not going to be able to be in the show like I used to be. And uh, the poems, I enjoyed them. And all the people that enjoyed listening to them, I appreciate it. Uh, they know that I don't have to. Uh, they know I appreciate everything they said good about me. But Willie, now I tell you what. Do you remember one time you told Stephen that they did Alabama didn't win the national title? You was gonna come through there with that AK and go to shooting everything up. So better keep your head up, Stephen. Watch that camera, John. Appreciate that call in there coming from our own Wayland starting us off here on the show. Also, Senator Hines has donated $5 via the Super Chat, so we appreciate Senator Hines coming in with that fresh donation. And then also Richard G, Richard, D, G, Richard G, that $5 donation on his end as well. So we appreciate Senator Hines, Richard G, Jimmy Clay, everybody showing up and showing out here on Monday, but we take our next call of the evening. You are live on the show. What's going on? What's going on, Stephen A? This is your boy, Senator Hines. There goes the man of the year. (laughs) Nothing much, man. I'm just, I'm I'm doing good, man. Um, This is going, this is crazy. Like, Waylon just threw me off of my phone call. First of all, before I get into anything about Alabama football, Waylon, we definitely going to miss you, man. Um, TDA fam, like, bro, you really the one that gave me the courage to start calling in and sharing my thoughts. And you encouraged a lot of people that call in. Your interaction in the chats and stuff has been very, very um, detrimental to the growth of this fan base. I'm telling you, man. So um, hope you're not going too far, Waylon. We're going to miss you, bro, for real. But um, other than that, Steven, man, uh that linebacker, that that linebacker competition is gonna be pretty pretty uh, interesting this year. I want to, well, you know, Christian Harris is gonna start. Um, me personally, I want to see uh, Moody go ahead and get out there and get his shot. I'm just shot. saying. Uh, I'm just saying because he, the, the way the, the way he came in against Arkansas, no fear, no nerves. He came in thumping. I mean, the, and just filling holes, man. Even curb, coverage, like. He 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 had to go and play coverage like six plays that game and play good coverage. I mean, uh, I I, I want to see him, but like at the same time, I want to see some of these young guys too. I'm really ready to see. Um, I know we want to talk about our inside linebackers, but I'm really ready to see Drew Sanders, man. I'm I'm extra hyped. I think people really like overlooking that guy for some reason. Um, I think I think a lot of people think he came in overhyped, you know, uh, but. Go watch the film. That that dude's an athlete. He played both sides of the ball coming out of high school. And last year on special teams, look at some of the hits this guy's delivering. Like, you ain't got to have the ball. He's he coming to thump something. Every, every kickoff, every doggone kick return that he played on, like, I, I, I'm excited. So, But in the middle, definitely Jalen Moody, man. I want to see, see them let him lose. Plus, him and Harris got the same amount of experience and uh, time and stuff in the defense with Pete Golden. I think it's a perfect pickup, you know. And then just I want to see us use depth at the inside linebacker position this year. I don't want to see two people running 60 snaps a game. Um, get those guys some 15, 20 meaningful snaps, those backup guys. So, um, yeah, that's what I would like to see, Steven. Appreciate that, Senator. Appreciate that right there, man. You, you continue to take it easy, my man. You already know, man. Love you guys, man. Shout out to Blue Ridge Gang. Much love, TDA fam. Roll Tide. Appreciate, appreciate that call that comes from Senator Hines. But as we get into our question of the day, topic of the day here, there was a video last week that was leaked out. 
It featured head coach Nick Saban and a recruit. Coach Saban had his recruiting pitch in the video. It was about two minutes, 20 seconds long on Zoom. The video was recorded, leaked out to social media. There were a lot of people upset by this. Fans were upset by it. They felt like the recruit was in the wrong. He shouldn't have done it. This is a private meeting between you and the greatest of all time, Coach Saban. Why would you do that? It's the principle of the matter. You don't do no stuff like that. There are other people that kind of feel like, well, Nick Saban didn't say anything vile. He didn't say anything defamatory or discriminatory or, or, derate, or degrading or derating. So, I mean... Uh, there is nothing wrong with the video getting leaked. And then you have some that feel kind of indifferent by the whole situation. But I want to get your thoughts on this, fans. For those of you that saw the video when it leaked, what was your personal opinion of it? Did you feel like the recruit was in the wrong? Did you feel like he was right by what he did? Or do you feel kind of indifferent by this? So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give my take. I'm going to give my thought, my opinion on this. Number one, I'm kind of an old school guy, so for me, I kind of, for me, I didn't see a point in him leaking it out there, right? Because in the words of R&B, or in the words of R&B singer Aaliyah, God rest her soul, when she said, I got to watch my back because I'm not just anybody, and of course, Drake had to copy that in his rap verse, Nick Saban... Nick Saban doesn't just recruit anybody. He doesn't just target any and everybody. So for Coach Saban to take his time to speak to you, recruit you, talk to you in any type of phone call or virtual app, whatever the case may be, Nick Saban has taken time out of his schedule to spend with you. This is a very special thing. This is a very special moment, and it should have been kept to me you know, as a, as a private moment, because like I mentioned, Saban doesn't recruit everybody. Saban doesn't target everybody. Saban doesn't, you know, recruit or come after everybody in terms of, you know, we're recruiting and targeting athletes are concerned. So for this particular young man to have this opportunity, to me, I would have kept it personal. I would have kept it private, but that's just me. Um, it got leaked out there. And like I mentioned before, you've had former players, whether it was whether it was Cam Robinson, former offensive tackle, All-American, now in the NFL, you know, Outland Trophy winner, whether it was Henry Ruggs III, former big-time receiver in Alabama, whether it was uh, Tim Williams, one of the best pass rushers to ever come to the program, or Dallas Warmack, a former offensive lineman. There were a lot of former players that came out on social media and they were like, why was this filmed? Why was this recorded? This is lame. This is somebody that's trying to achieve clout. Like, a lot of former players were very upset by this. They were angered by it. They were disgusted by it. They saw this as somebody trying to take advantage of Coach Saban. But at the same time, my take, and I know I'm kind of old school here, if this was me talking to Nick Saban, it would be a private matter. It would be a personal matter. I wouldn't have let it leaked out there, just kind of the principle of a thing. But to you as fans, how did you feel about it? Did you feel like the young man was in the wrong? Did you feel like, well, Nick Saban didn't say anything bad, so why should he be why should he be upset? I don't see anything wrong with what the recruit did. Or do you feel just kind of indifferent about it? But that's just my take. The video came out last week. It's created quite the stir on social media. So just want to get your thoughts on it. Do you feel like 
this young man was wrong by leaking that video out to social media. But before we take our next break here, got a couple more super chats to get to. How about Roll Tide and Rise Up one time, that $15 donation? Be the super chats. Appreciate that support there coming from Roll Tide and Rise Up. And Senator Hines has come back again in here with that $10 donation. Beautiful Super Chats. Well, 15, now he's added an extra five. So he threw an Abraham Lincoln in there. So Senator has added an extra five. So $15 from one Senator into the Super Chats. We take another break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. When we come back, we'll discuss, can Alabama finally get a physical big body wide receiver to pop it hasn't had a big body receiver to do something special in quite some time is this the return of the big body weapon we'll talk about it after this you know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter we throw the foes up but now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter get your four finger bling necklace at we own the fourth quarter.com it's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all crimson tide players and fans as we represent the legendary alabama football fourth quarter dominance get your four finger bling necklace right now at we own the fourth quarter.com get yours today and stun on them haters Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Back into the action here, folks. Back into the action on the hottest show on the streets, number one form for Bama Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, getting that Black History Month started off rocking, started off right, paying that respect to my man John Mitchell Jr. of that showing that Black excellence, becoming the first guy to break the color barrier, not just in playing football for the University of Alabama but also coaching the sport as well, being an assistant coach there on one Paul Bear Bryant staff. But we now get into a conversation on, uh, you know, can Alabama get the physical big body receiver to work? Can it get the physical big body receiver to pan out? We, we have seen a lot of smaller, slender, you know, weapons become special, become successful, become legendary names, but – is it time for the big body? Is it time for the physical go up and get it? Is it time for that vertical threat to resurface, to reshow itself mightily for the Crimson Tide? And the reason why I brought up this conversation is the last two success stories when you talk about the big body weapon, I'm referring to guys that are 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", and taller, at least starting at 6'2". But the last time we saw the success stories of the physical big body receiver, you got to go back to Julio Jones and Kevin Norwood. Julio Jones and Kevin Norwood were the last two. Julio Jones at 6'4", we all remember him being a man-child in a dinosaur offense at that point in time. 
under the likes of uh, Jim McElwain, an offensive coordinator. But hey, Julio Jones still did the darn thing. In his, in his final year at Alabama 2010, we're talking about a guy that had, what, 78 receptions for over 1,000 yards, went first round in the 2011 NFL Draft to those Atlanta Dirty Bird Falcons. So Julio Jones, even in a prehistoric, archaic Alabama offense, was still getting the job done. And then for Kevin Norwood out of Mississippi at six foot two, you know, he mossed the honey badger Tyron Matthew of LSU in the BCS National Championship game, the 2012 game off the 2011 season. And then he victimized LSU again in the 2012 regular season matchup. So, you know, those were the last two guys, big, physical, you know, rangy guys could go up, snatch the football, 6-2 and taller, the last two success stories. So the, the question is, can Alabama get another physical big body? Can it pop a big body out here? Because to me, we have seen uh, the smaller guys. We have seen uh, the slender targets really prove to be successful here. When you discuss Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, we've seen them. Alabama has hit a gold mine with smaller receivers because they're quick, they're elusive. It's difficult trying to jam them to keep them from not getting off the line of scrimmage and creating that separation and talking to one Patrick Sertan II prior to him declaring for the NFL draft. Sertan talked about it's more difficult to defend the smaller receivers than the bigger guys due to their quickness, due to the speed, due to the ability to get off of press coverage and have that quick release to the inside or put on a double move and beat you to the outside. Those smaller receivers just got it like that. And when you look at the future guys coming to Alabama, especially the 2021, especially in this campaign right here, discussing Christian Leary and JoJo Earl, I mean, these two are Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle on steroids. So we're already seeing the smaller guys have worked. The smaller guys have panned out, but can we get back to having a more physical 6'2 and taller big body blossom and break out here for the Crimson Tide? And Alabama has had a couple of physical receivers, or quite a few physical guys in years past in the Nick Saban era. These guys, whether it whether it being you know academics where you know eligibility is concerned, or injuries are concerned, or just not being able to break through the depth chart and push through and get through that force field, it's had quite a few guys just to not pan out. In terms of Deron Carter, I mean he came in and. 2011 at 6'5", the son of Chris Carter. And I remember when Duran came in, people were saying, this is the next Julio Jones. Duran Carter just never panned out. Never was able to fit the bill, you know, academically. And he got, you know, suspended, you know, after missing a practice or at spring practice. And after that, got in the tra- transferred out of the program. So Duran Carter never panned out. When you look at, you know, Raheem Falcons, I remember he came in from Louisiana and Falcons was 6'4", and people felt like he was going to be the guy to be the big-time go-to target for A.J. McCarron at quarterback, but Falcons never panned out. And then there's Cam Sims, my boy, Cam Sims. Injuries took him. 2014, you know, 6'5", big physical body, could run routes, could elevate, could make plays, 
but knee injuries and shoulder injuries took Cam Sims. Derek Keith, who came in the 2014 class, if I'm not mistaken, from Cincinnati, Ohio. 6'5", huge freak of nature, but injuries took him, knee problems. And then Robert Foster, who came in the 2013 class out of Monica, Pennsylvania at 6'2". He was listed as a can't-miss product, a five-star. Physicality, speed, toughness, route running, had it all. But tore his rotator cuff in 2015 against Ole, against Ole Miss week three of that season. Never was the same after that. Terrell Shavers at 6'6". Big body just could not break through the force field of Ruggs and Judy and Waddle and Smitty and everybody else that was on the roster. And then my other boy, T.J. Simmons, who was in Alabama at one point in time at 6'2 and out of Clay Chalkfield High School. And he, he just couldn't press through. Just a number of guys that had the potential, had the skill set, but for, for whatever reason, could not break through, could not blossom, could not pan out. So now the question, is it time? When is a big body going to finally have a say-so? When can a vertical target, a vertical deep threat finally break through here? Now for Alabama, it's got a, it's got a few guys here that you can look at for the 20, for this season coming up here in the fall. Javon Baker is 6'2", and he got on the field this year. And he had some good moments this year. But can he break through and be a physical deep threat, snatch the ball out of the air, physical target there? So you got Javon Baker. The next guy, you got Trayshawn Holden, who's 6'3". And he's got a lot of ability. Is he the one to push through? Can he blossom? And then you got Aja Hall at 6'3". Coming in, who signed into this class, Aja Hall, physical blocker, a guy that can make the big plays, can make the big catches, has a lot of potential. Can he be the guy? And then you got Ja'Cory Brooks at 6'2", out of Booker T. Washington High School down there in South Florida. Now, to me, Ja'Cory Brooks is a poor man's A.J. Green. A.J. Green, who played for the Georgia Bulldogs, he came in as a freshman in 2008. He and Julio Jones were in that same recruiting cycle. But when you watch tape on Brooks, he's got the height, he's got the length, he's got the size, he's got the elevation. He can run some routes. And our own Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, very high on Ja'Cory Brooks. So, you know, he's a guy. Can he break through? Can he press through? Is it time that we see a physical big body receiver make something of itself here for the Crimson Tide because after seeing what Julio Jones did during his time with the program and after seeing the success that Kevin Norwood had at Alabama, it's it's time to see can we get somebody else, 6'2 or taller, to make that type of an impact, especially with the quarterbacks that Alabama's got. Whether Bryce Young wins the starting job or if Bryce Young gets the job, he's going to want to have a nice big target on the outside for throw to, on third down, in the red zone, have that security blanket he can go to. Now, Jaleel Billingsley at 6'2", as a tight end, he's a solid security blanket. Don't get me wrong, Jaleel is. And he popped last year, and I'm expecting even more from Billingsley in the coming fall. But it's just different when you have that vertical wide receiver, that vertical target stretched out wide that you know if I'm in trouble, I can get this ball 
to this guy right here, and I know he's going to make a play. So if Bryce Young wins the job, he needs that security blanket. Paul Tyson wins the job. He is going to need that security blanket. Jalen Milrow wins the job. He's going to definitely need to have that security blanket. So could we get some way, shape, form, or fashion a big, physical, lengthy receiver to emerge, step up, make big plays on the field, crack through this force field here. But we take our next break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. When we get back, we'll get we'll dive back into the phone lines to take your calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your chats, your ideas. We continue our dialogue with you, the fans, after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. Back into the action here, folks, on a Monday, getting that work week started off correctly on the hottest show on the streets, number one ticket for Crimson Tide Football News in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we jump back into the phone, I'll take your calls. Got to shout out Jimmy Clay once more, that $25. Be the Super Chats, throwing that love in the TDA hat. Nothing like the man. Jimmy Clay doing his thing. We appreciate the passion. We appreciate the energy. We appreciate the consistency that he is showing here in terms of, uh, you know, the donations here, helping us out at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Also, got to remind you guys, mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. So here we go here. You feeling fortunate? You feeling like you can make some money? You got the skills to pay the bills in terms of wagering on these Alabama football games? Check this out. Make the right play and sign up today at mybookie.ag. And when you do make the right play, when you do sign up, use the promo code TDAlabama to get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. You can't beat that with the stick. Once again, you cannot beat that with the stick. Make the right play. Sign up today. Mybookie.ag. Get your win on. Use that promo code TDAlabama. Check them out right now. 
mybookie.ag. We go to the phone lines right now, 205-448-1358. Call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. We take a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, Stephen. Mattress Matt, Mobile. Good to, good to hear from you. Mattress um, Matt, what's going on, my man? I, I like what you were saying about the big receivers. Um, I thought Billingsley was the guy you were talking about. The you know that that whole time uh, because he shined this year. He, he's big. He I did. Mean, what is he, he did. Six, four? He's like six four, probably what two forty. I don't he's know. About, he, he, oh, yeah, he, uh, he, he, I don't, know, I don't know why I said 6'2", my apology. He is 6'4". He's about 6'4", 235. He's like, he, he's, it seems like he's fast, too. Like, maybe he runs maybe a 4'5", or, or something, but not quite like maybe Devontae, but, uh, you know, he a little slower He runs around like, like a Devontae, wide receiver, and uh, Bama likes to stretch him out wide. They do. I'm just saying for the first time since, of course, Julio and uh, Kevin Norwood, we hadn't had a classified Big body receiver, classified now. Receiver, really yeah, all out receiver, wide receiver, yeah. Um, another thing, uh, I, I'm kind of scared to to move to, uh, maybe because we have a new offensive coordinator that 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 it makes me feel a little bit better about it. But moving to a mobile quarterback, moving back to the kind of the Jalen Hurts type offense, um, I don't know if we need to do that, honestly. Do you think there's a chance that uh, that uh, uh, the backup, what's his name, Bear Bryant's grandson, what Paul is, uh, Tyson? Paul Tyson is he? Is Paul Tyson got the potential to be a, a Mac Jones? Because I've never even seen him. I, I've seen some high school video, but I've never even seen him. But if he so if he can just deliver the goods like Mac Jones, uh, do you think there's a chance that he could, you know, start over Bryce Young? To me, Paul is uh, Mac Jones 2.0. Bigger than Mac at 6'5", legit 6'5", 230, so bigger than Mac. With the he's sweet got passing an ex- touch, too? I mean, he, he's got an extremely accurate arm, very accurate, strong, but very accurate. And talking to players, they, 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 they have told me about how accurate he is, how strong he is with his arm. But also, he processes information just like Mac does. Yeah, that's uh, okay. So, but the only thing when I saw Bryce Young, he seemed real hesitant in the pocket. Uh, now, I'm not. This is just my opinion, okay? But he 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 seemed hesitant in the pocket, almost like he was uh, subconsciously hoping a receiver would not be open, so that he could so that he could run the ball. He he just he just couldn't make his mind up what he what he was. So he's going to have to find some kind of a identity. Um, maybe that's just his youth. You know, he was a true freshman. So anybody can get can criticize anybody, but uh, uh, I'm sure he's great. But it just I, I don't know. He might not be as good as everybody thinks he is. That's just my opinion. But I think this that love you, brother. Have a good one. Appreciate that mattress, man. I mean, th- th- this is why spring football is going to be big this year. This is why spring football is going to be big to see who's really bowed it, bowed it on the football field. We take our next call. You're live on the show. What's going on? Steven M. How's it going, big man? There is Spencer Revley in the building. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing much, man. I'm going to try to stay on topic real quick. I really got want to talk about two things. 
The first one is your recent topic here about the big receivers. Alabama has had big receivers. The biggest thing is they got to have hands to go with their size. If they can't catch the true. ball, this it don't true. matter how big they are. Then the other point of that is, is our tight ends have been our big receivers, but our offensive calling has not thrown them the ball. We've had proof of this over the years. Both of those two are good points. You look at O.J. Howard, who was a big, who was a big receiver at tight end. Alabama exactly. chose not to exactly. use him until the college football playoff or when it was convenient for Lane Kiffin. Now, of course, it used Irv Smith a bit more. So, Spencer, I see your point. I definitely see your point. Exactly. Now, my other point I want to get to real quick on topic uh, earlier in the show is the uh, leak video. The way I see that different than most people, I'm looking at it as a young teenage high school recruit that's got Nick Saban on a video call to him, and he's pumped. So he wants to show it off to his bros, maybe to his girlfriends, you know, whatever. But I, I don't think he did it in a mean way. I really don't. Should he have done it? No. That's a private conversation. But I do understand having teenagers and 28-year-old kids myself that I do understand how that could happen. Good point right there, Spencer. We appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Well, thank you, sir. You have a good evening. Absolutely. Appreciate that call coming in from Spencer Revely. We take our next call of the evening. You're live on the show. What's going on? Steve, first time. Mike from Shelton, Connecticut. How are you, buddy? Doing good. We've tapped into Connecticut, man. How you feeling? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling great. Um, obviously a great season. I am a little skeptical coming up this year with what we have coming back on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, nonetheless excited about the defensive side of the ball, and I'm hoping that, that Pete Golding's defense can, can really turn it up. I mean, there's a lot of guys returning. Um, I'm excited for Shane Lee to kind of get back in the mix. I think he'll replace Dylan very well right next to Christian, um, much as they were a freshman even though they were raw, I thought they were both very impressed as freshmen, and obviously Christian uh, w was great this year. I have a question for you in the transfer land. What do you hear on Dylan Brooks? What am I hearing on Dylan Brooks? Not, not, not hearing much on Brooks. I know our own Justin Smith did a lot of uh, breakdowns on him in terms of his recruitment, so I will definitely get with Justin to see what could be the news there in terms of myself. I haven't heard anything specifically yet on Dylan Brooks. And last question would be, who do you think is going to split carries with Robinson next year? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I want to see Trey Sanders come back strong and get that, but Keegan Robinson building up his body is interesting. And Jace McClellan's interesting. But right now, give me Keenan Robinson for right now. But appreciate that call there coming from Connecticut right there. Give me Keenan for right now. But I like Jace and I like Trey Sanders to come back strong. We take our next call of the night. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, Stephen, this is Rich. What's going on, bro? Coach Rich, what's happening with you, man? Oh, no, a whole lot. I heard the last guy comment on Dylan Brooks. Of course, I'm real close to his daddy, so I'll find out about that. But anyway, what I wanted to call in about was uh, the boy that leaked the video of Saban. And I can go about this a bunch of different ways. But anyway, I was raised by one family that, you know, might not necessarily make their money the right way. And then I was raised by another, my other side of the family 
where they were just, you know, perfect people. But I was raised one way. You know, it don't matter what it is, what you've seen, the last thing you do, I mean, you, you know, you, you don't snitch. You don't tell. You don't whatever. And the young guy, you know, that's just, I think, difference in generations. But either way you spin it, look at it, whatever, he was getting an opportunity, and he was talked to by Sagan. Obviously, he really liked the recruit the way he talked to him. But he still shouldn't have put out the personal information between him and Saban. You know, I mean, that's just, in all regards, the way I was raised wrong. I mean, I get my ass tore up from one side of the family to the other one if I was four years old and told anything. So that guy that's being recruited, he might say, oh, Bryce Young, uh, Bryce Young eats three cookies whenever we're at uh, lunch. You know, something like that. I just don't, I think Alabama should just get off that cat. I mean, some of them just ain't, um, can't be, they're raised and can't be taught out of them, in my opinion. I mean, that's a touchy subject to me. Yeah. That's Coach Rich, baby. That's that's Coach Rich right there. Appreciate that call from Coach Rich there. And Roanoke giving his thoughts there on the recruit that leaked that video between he and Coach Saban. We're going to take a short break right now, folks. Hold through the call lines. Hold through. When we get back, we jump back into the phone lines to take more of your calls. We'll be back after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. All right, folks, we are back into the action here from the break on the hottest show on the streets here. Number one ticket for Crimson Tide football news. We jump back to the phone lines to take your calls, 205-448-1358. That is the number to let your voice be heard on this show, 205-448-1358, talking Crimson Tide. We take a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, it's Dominic. I'm calling from Virginia. First-time caller. What's up, buddy? What's going on? We got VA in the house. I was born in Virginia. What's going on, man? Oh, man, nothing much. I'm a first-time caller, and I'm ready to talk some Crimson Tide football with you, man. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. We appreciate you calling into the show, and uh, Alabama had a great season last year, but trying to get another national championship. Absolutely, and... um. Honestly, Mac Jones did excellent with them last season. Do you think he's ready for the NFL at this point? I think he is. I mean, uh, you got NFL GMs talking about him. He went down to the senior bowl and dominated. Now, he didn't play in the game, which I wouldn't have played either, but he dominated the practices, and people are looking at him as a concrete first-round pick. I'm, I'm ready to see what he does. 
Absolutely, man. Well, at this point, I think he's ready, man. Thanks for taking my call. First time caller, I'll call on your show on Wednesday. Absolutely. Appreciate that call coming in from Virginia. I was born in the VA. Gotta love the home, the birth state calling in here. We take our next call of the night. You're live on the show. What's going on? I'm back because I, I just I just have to so wait. Senator came see. back, y'all. He came back. <laughs> uh, you take something that's very near and dear to my heart. You know, I'm a wide receiver guy. You know, I play wide receiver high school and college. So I'm a wide receiver guy. And, um, I just want you to think about this lineup, and this is, you know, our, our base lineup, three wide, uh, one tight end, uh, as far as receiver sets. We talking about um, John Mechie. Uh, you know, Saban uses, likes to put his most experienced guys at the slot. So you start in John Mechie at the slot. That leaves the X and the Z, the two outside receivers, open for competition, you know, clear competition. And honestly, based off the looks of it, I'm feeling Javon Baker over there on the same side with Mechie, you know, being on the strong side, um, playing the Z, uh, and then uh, the ISO receiver. I would love, even though he's not a big body, I would love to see Xavier Williams get his shot and be Thank that Thank you. That Somebody mentioned Ziggy. Thank you. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, I've been watching Xavier since last year, before this season, you know, last year when he would get spot play. And I think people forget uh, – Xavier and Mechie were the ones in competition for that fourth wide receiver slot. Um, I mean, the the fifth wide receiver slot behind your four first round wide receivers for the past the the two years that he's been there. So um, it's kind of like you know, pick your poison. And they didn't want to force him into the slot. A lot of people thought he would end up being a slot receiver, but the guy runs big boy routes at his size. So um, and he's strong, strong hands. Uh, I think just the height thing, you know, people look at his height and say he's not a big receiver, but six foot 205, that's big, man. That's solid. That's like Anquan Bolden. And you see the type of uh, issues Anquan Bolden gave DBs uh, in his playing days. So, um, yeah, so Xavier Williams would be my hope. But um, I'm ready to see a a Jai Hall come in and make some noise, too. So I I, I like the competition we got at wide receiver. I think we're going to see a deep rotation, too, early on in the year. Bill O'Brien likes to use all his weapons. I was looking at, you know, um, Sean Watson had 4,000-yard passing season in 2018 under Bill O'Brien, and he threw the 14 different receivers that season. All receivers had more than 10 catches that year or something like that. So um, that's that's – that shows that he has he, he believes in depth. Plus, you know that they we deal with a lot of injuries too. So hopefully we can stay healthy and have a deep rotation consistently throughout the year. But I just wanted to weigh in on that part with the wide receivers, man. Much love. Appreciate you taking my call again, bro. Appreciate that coming from our own Senator Hines calling back in to talk wide receivers. But we got a topic right here, folks, and I'm about to settle a debate right now. There's a huge debate on social media among uh, draft pundits, experts, things of that nature between Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. There are a lot of uh, mock drafts out there going, well, Jamar Chase should be taken ahead of Devontae Smith. Some have Devontae Smith taken ahead of Chase. You even have, I think, Mel Kuyper Jr. has Chase taken ahead of Smith. There's there's this huge debate on social media. Who's better between Smith and Jamar Chase? So I'm going to say this right now. The NFL is a league that is what have you done for me lately. 
who who what what is the fleeting image on my mind who left the most lasting impact on my mind talent evaluators draft pundits gms coaches scouts that's their mindset who made me leave the table hungry for more who was the lasting image on my mind what have you done for me lately Devonte smith has done more lately than Jamar Chase. Now, Jamar Chase had a good year in 2019. He had a great year. 84 catches, you know, 17, over 1,700 receiving yards, 20 touchdowns, won the Blitnikoff Award, you know, was a national champion. 2020, the very next year, Devontae Smith obliterates all of that. 117 catches, over 1,800 receiving yards, 23 touchdowns, and grabbed every award in the book, including the Heisman Trophy. Grabbed everything. He left nothing. He, he, he didn't leave a crumb behind. Devontae Smith left no crumbs behind. He pulled a Lil Wayne, I want the money and the crumbs, and took it all. Took it all. Smitty has his name on the career record books at Alabama, career receptions, career receiving yards, career touchdowns. Smitty also owns career receiving yards and career touchdowns in the SEC, the entire conference. Jamar Chase does not own any career records for LSU, and his name is not on any career records in terms of in terms of the SEC. Jamar Chase, big time, but when Chase saw that everybody else was leaving LSU, he's like, I'm not playing another season. But, two, but Devontae Smith sees Tua leaving Alabama. He goes, you know what? I still want to play with Mac Jones. And um, along with Mac Jones having a big year this past season, Smitty had a monster year this past season for the Crimson Tide. And all this thing about, well, Smitty's not big enough. He's not big. He's skinny. He's got no size. You just don't draft small receivers in the first round, early in the first round. It just don't work like that. Look, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith are both listed at 6'1". Jamar Chase has, what, 25 pounds on Smitty? 200 to 175, but when Smitty puts all 175 into your butt, you gonna feel all 175 of Devontae Smith. And of course, Brian Flores, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, said this, I don't care about his size. The brother can ball. He can ball. He can play football. He excels at the biggest games, on the biggest stage, at the highest level. That's the guy we need. That's the guy that we are looking at to potentially draft with the number three overall pick, that being the Miami Dolphins. Jamar Chase is good, but I'm settling this right now. In a league where it's what have you done for me lately, Devontae Smith obliterates the game. Devontae Smith takes over the game. Devontae Smith wins the game. 2019, both guys had 1,000 yards, receiving over 1,000 yards. This past season, Chase didn't play, which means he is not on the minds of the scouts, the GMs, the coaches, the owners. He's not the lasting image. Devontae Smith played last year. He controlled all the eyeballs of everybody. He is the lasting image that coaches see, that scouts see, that GMC, that talent developers or talent evaluators, they all see. So if I'm Miami, I do not fumble the bag.
take Devontae Smith, let he and Tua run that thing back in South Beach. Just my thoughts there on that. We take a break here on the show here. But upon our return, we get to the final topic of conversation. Christian Harris is ready to secure his money year as he enters his junior year for the Crimson Tide. We'll talk Christian Harris after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. All right, people, we are back in from the break, and we come back in with a little bit of breaking news. According to our own Justin Smith, the scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, the Crimson Tide, bringing in a verbal commitment for the 2022 class and a young man by the name of Walter Bob. Walter Bob, 2022 defensive line commitment out of the state of Louisiana. Walter Bob, 2022 defensive line commitment from the state of Louisiana, has given his yes, his verbal to the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban for the 2022 signing class. That news they're coming from our own Justin Smith, the scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But before we get into our final topic of conversation on tonight's show, got to remind you of TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. So people, check this out here. For those of you that are still excited, you're still overjoyed by the Crimson Tide winning the national championship. Still overjoyed by that. So check out our championship collection merch right now. Grab you an 18 of them things, folks, T-shirt, hoodie, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18 shirts. We do. Designs on the shirts which feature all 18 championship years on the back of the shirts. Be sure to head over to TDAware.com. Go to TDAware.com and go to the Championship Collection tab and get you that merch today. Those championship shirts, the Got 18, we do, and the 18 of them thing, folks, T-shirts. Check those two out right now, TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com, showing that support here for the Crimson Tide. Nick Saban, the University of Alabama student athletes, and us here at TDA. Gotta shout out the man Spencer Reveille one time for that $5 donation into the Super Chats, throwing that love into the TDA hat. Appreciating all of you, the fans, for your passion, for your support, for your love, for just really sharing your enthusiasm in terms of the donations here, putting that love there in the TDA hat. But we now get into the final topic of conversation, that being one, Christian Harris, he is ready to secure the bag. 
He is ready to seize the bag. He's coming up on his money year. The upcoming fall will be the money year for Christian Harris as the young man from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, will be in his junior year for the Crimson Tide. And after Dylan Moses didn't secure the bag the way we thought he would, he's still going to get drafted, but though, but he didn't secure the bag like we, like, he, like we thought he would be able to. Christian Harris is looking to get that back. He's looking to get that back in terms of uh, – Alabama linebackers, inside linebackers, that by their junior year, they are headhunters, they are intentional, they are instinctive in wanting to make sure they secure that big first-round draft stock. And one thing that Christian Harris, one reason why I thought Christian Harris is going to do this is he's coming into this campaign with a lot of motivation. Keep in mind here, Christian Harris as a freshman he had a big freshman season. He had, what, 63 tackles, you know, put up a bunch of big numbers there on the board as a freshman. And then last year, he took a huge step forward, took a huge jump there as a, an inside linebacker. This past season, we're looking at a guy that total on the year, 79 tackles, as I mentioned before, seven tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, two pass breakups, six quarterback hurries, one interception, and uh, Harris was left off the all-SEC team list, was snubbed from the all-SEC team. He, he did a lot of work. He put in a lot of work. He put in a lot of production only for his name to be left off, only for him to be snubbed, only for him to not get mentioned. So a guy like that coming from Louisiana, they, they, they don't forget those things. They don't forget those moments. They hold those moments to heart because it is motivation for him to come back even harder in this coming campaign here in the fall. Through two years in Alabama, Harris, 142 total tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss. So you see, he gets in that backfield. He knifes his way in the backfield. He knocks the running back on his tail. He sacks the quarterback. So 14 and a half tackles for loss, creating those negative plays. Four and a half sacks for Harris. Three pass breakups. 11 quarterback hurries. He harasses the passing game. One forced fumble. One fumble recovery. One interception. This is in 26 career games here for the Crimson Top for one Christian Harris. And in discussing some guys that Harris is about to be in a long lineage of, there are linebackers that have come through the capstone. There are linebackers who have come through the uh, Alabama football program that when it got time for that junior year, they meant business. They were ready. They seized the moment. 2009, Rolando McClain seized the moment. All-American, first-team All-SEC, a guy that he knew junior year, 2009, got to get the bag. He got it, became a first-round pick, helped his team win a national championship, first national championship of a Saban era. When you look at Dante Hightower two years later in 2011, he knew what time it was. He led a defense that led – he anchored a defense that led major college football in all five categories 
and discussing scoring defense, total defense, run defense, pass defense, and pass efficiency defense. Donta Hightower knew how important that junior year was, 2012. He got drafted high in that venue to the New England Patriots. And then, you know, a year later, or a couple of years later, here comes C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley's junior year secured the bag, even as a smaller linebacker, hit the sideline with his quickness, fit the gaps, dropped back in coverage, played the passing lane, played the coverage area. He knew how big his junior year was, 2012. He was a back-to-back. Consensus All-American 2012 and 2013, SEC Defensive Player of the Year, a guy that won the Buckkiss Award in 2013. Oh, and also, let's not forget this, back-to-back years, led the team in tackles 2012 and 2013. But that junior year 2012, even though he came back for a senior year, that junior year, he was big time. He secured that bag. So that was um, that was C.J. Mosley. And then you look at the likes of a Reuben Foster. 2016, Reuben Foster, he won the Buckus Award, but that junior year, 2015, he had a big year. Big moment there. Over 70 tackles. He was a heat-seeking missile. Blue plays up in the backfield. A big reason behind Alabama winning the college football playoff national championship in the 2015 season. That was one. Reuben Foster, and then last but not least, Rashawn Evans uh, secured that bag. 2017 was his final year, but 2016, you know, he was big that season at the weak side linebacker position. And then 2017, as he moved into that middle Mike linebacker role, anchored that spot as well. But those are just a few guys that when that junior year hit, and even though a couple of these guys returned for their senior years, but when that junior year hit, these guys knew it's time to dance. It's time to get down with the get down. It's time to be an impactful player for the Crimson Tigers. It's a big year. I got to secure my value, my draft status in the minds of these scouts, of these talent evaluators, of these general managers, these owners, these teams, when you look at the NFL. And now, here's the moment for one Christian Harris in this lineage of guys. He's ready to let his name, let his worth be known across the landscape. Looking forward to seeing what Harris does this upcoming season. But, as always, people, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your Crimson Tide. Very easy to access this. You can get this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app for your iPhone from the iPhone App Store. If you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store. If you got the Android phone for your audio listening needs, we got you right here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, iHeartRadio. We got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Wednesday continuing the conversation that is Thai football. Got to shout out the Pampa Blue Ridge Gang. One time, Senator Hines dropping in that $2 donation in the Super Chats. Appreciate that love there coming from Senator 
As always, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. Also, people, the print magazine, print edition of Touchdown Alabama Magazine coming soon. And you can get that print edition free by going to touchdownalabama.com. Click join, become a subscriber, become a member to the site today. Touchdown Alabama. Dot com. That link will be in the description as well. Also, copy that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of weownthefourthquarter.com. That link is in the description also. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate, value those husbands, children. Continue doing the right thing, the smart thing, the legitimate thing to not be bored. Get you those three hearty meals a day. Those three laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks. Spending my own words.